0: series today called Monday to Sunday. And in about four weeks, we're going to go into a series on holiness. So I'm actually looking really forward to both these series. Um, this morning, as I go into this series Monday to Sunday, I was thinking about like the uniqueness of some of the things that we do here at Grace Chapel. And then God reminded me, it really isn't very unique. It's just first century church done again. We just lost it. We've lost some of the, I love that last song, you know, that we won't kneel. The church will not kneel, will not faint in the uh, because of the pressure of the world. The pressure of the world is put on the church, and the church has to adapt, and the church has to change, and our theology has to be, you know, mixed in with culture and all this kind of thing. I totally deny all of that. Uh, I don't agree with it whatsoever. It's not going to happen here at Grace Chapel. And as, we, as I go to this sermon, and you're like, oh, I've never really heard some of the things he's talking about the way he's talking about it. But if you go back and read the New Testament, if you go back and read the Bible, much of what I'm saying is basically just the way we did church, you know, thousands of years ago. It's just been lost and kind of warped a little bit. So I'm going to start out in Psalm 24, 1. It says this, The earth is the Lord's... Listen to these words. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You know how much I love everything and anything when the Bible says it. The world and all who live in it. And then in Matthew 28:19 and 20 it tells us therefore go and make disciples, right? That's our go and make disciples, a great commission, the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Love your neighbor as, as yourself. And then you have the great commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. It doesn't take very long for you if you've come to Grace Chapel. It really it's it's. It doesn't take very long to realize that we do things a little bit differently here at the church at Grace Chapel um, when it comes to how we fulfill the Great Commission and the Great Commandment because that's what we're called to do: love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, and go and make disciples of all nations. Those are the found, That's the kind of the foundation, the very foundation of our faith. And since the beginning of our church, we've We've kind of embraced a, a, a different thought process when it comes to living out our everyday Christian life. Kind of think we We're trying to think a little bit differently. For, for us, our faith is not limited to um, Sunday mornings for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes or so, and Wednesday nights or whatever night you meet for life group or, or a Bible study. It's not limited to that. And that's what I think throws people off sometimes. We start talking about this holistic approach to looking at our faith. It's not limited to Sunday mornings and, and, and Wednesday nights for a few hours. And, and, and our church, even our campus, if you will, all around the... If you've never, if you've never been to Orca the co-working space down here and all the things we do there. If you've never been into Grace Impact, you've got to go in there. You have to walk through there. And to get a feel of what I'm talking about, this whole church reflects the truth that I just described to you. This whole campus reflects that reality. We have an incarnational philosophy or an incarnational theology, which means when Jesus was here, okay, how did he do ministry? And how did he teach other people to do ministry? All the new philosophies and things we pick up, fine and dandy, okay, some good, some not so good. Um, but how did Jesus actually do it? How did he teach us to do it? One of the things that has always set us apart here at Grace Chapel is our emphasis on ministry in the marketplace, that we focus, we try to focus our attention not just again on Sunday mornings, but but what what is what does it mean to be a marketplace minister, to be active in the marketplace? I didn't realize honestly how how unique um, this vision was that we have from the very beginning of our church, even actually before we started the church. Um, but how unique it was until I started getting more engaged in the now popular. Uh, marketplace ministry movement. I say now popular because when, when all of us were talking about in the very beginning, this wasn't, this was not popular at all. Um, I would, I would go to a conference and think that, um, when I say not popular, people would come here and, and be curious about, when they heard about what we were doing, they'd be curious about what we were doing. That was the nice side of it to the point where people were just critical of what our approach to fulfilling the gospel. Um, and I would I would go to conferences as it got more popular, and I would go to those conferences thinking that I was that I was speaking to people who actually got it, who understood what I what I was saying. Um, but when I actually started sharing what we were doing here on the campus of Grace Chapel, the leadership of those conferences looked even more confused than before I actually started talking to them, and I. I thought I was actually speaking the same language as Marketplace Ministry language, but I realized as I was talking that there was a lot being missed in the, in the translation, if you will. We weren't speaking the exact same language. They were speaking more what I call a Sunday to Monday language. And then I was speaking a lot of the time in what we now call the Monday to Sunday language. And I'll explain more of that as we go on. Okay, so put your thinking caps on, kind of stick with me. Because I know there are probably like 20 new people here this morning. You know, what is this guy talking about? Stick with me, okay? Because I think at the end of it, you'll say, I got it, I like it, go for it. All right? So stick with me. This whole idea of the language of Marketplace Ministry is mostly Sunday to Monday. Bring in your your, your faith taking your faith from Sunday and bringing it to Monday morning. But we often, as a church, speak a language that is a Monday to Sunday language. Sunday to Monday, okay, is... Is what most marketplace ministry um, books, seminars, materials, conferences are based on. And honestly, Sunday to Monday, good stuff. Okay, really good stuff. Again, we speak that language here at Grace Chapel. That whole bringing your 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 faith to your work. We we actually speak that language. It's excellent. But for Grace Chapel, something something happened to us on the way. ...from Sunday to Monday. And I mean that for all of us. I'm not not talking about myself. But this church has always been filled with people who who are doers. Who are practitioners... Who, whether in your business, whether you were a CEO or you were a manager or whether you're an employee, a lot of people have come up with creative and unique ideas to weave into what they do at work. So we've always been a group of people. I think we kind of attract each other who are not just, you know, not just thinkers, but we're practitioners. We want to actually do it. In James 1.22, it reminds us, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. All right? So if the Bible tells us that this is good theology, the Bible tells us we need to be living out our faith in every area of our lives. And we need to ask ourselves, how do we do that? This idea of marketplace, if this idea of marketplace ministry, if you will, is biblically true, reaching out and bring your faith into your work, bring your faith into other areas of life, if that's true, then the question then, you have to ask the question, what are the practical implications of that? You read a book, oh, that's so cool. How many times have you read a book that was new and you're like, oh, I like that idea, but then it just it goes off, you know, it it fades out of popularity and we don't think about it anymore. And for me, if this whole concept is true and it's biblically, has a biblical foundation, then what are the practical implications? Again, Sunday to Monday, okay, this whole Sunday to Monday concept concept helps people become faith active at work. It's a good way to remember it, okay? Sunday to Monday means that you're becoming faith active at work. It doesn't matter where you work. It doesn't matter what you actually do. Teacher, whatever, engineer, you're, you want to be faith active at work. And that's why I really appreciate this whole idea, this whole language of teaching people of how to be faith active at work. It, it, if you think about it, it creates, it has created or it creates business leaders who are looking to biblical principles and precepts of leadership and management. Okay, So they're thinking, how do I bring biblical precepts and principles and practices into my leadership and my management? It helps people to see that they can make, honestly, and this, is, this was lost for years, how they can make a spiritual impact And where they spend so much time during the week at work. Like, how do I bring my faith to bear on my work? For years, it was like totally separated. And then the Holy Spirit started speaking into people's minds saying, something's wrong here. It it helps equip and encourage Christians in business to integrate... Biblical principles, if you will, into their daily business practices. So now they're doing, now they're in sales or they're in marketing and they're thinking, how can I bring these biblical principles, okay, daily into, into my work? It challenges people to grow in their relationship with Christ and be more like him as a business leader. How if I own a company or if I'm a part of a company or if I'm behind the register of a company, it doesn't matter. How do I express my faith in Christ in a way that honors him in my work? How do I worship God while I work? And it helps people realize that sharing God's truth Sharing God's truth, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just held out for those who are on staff with a church or who are missionaries. God expects every single, if you gave your life to Jesus Christ, God expects every single person in this room to be faith active in every area of their lives. Some of you are going to go on vacation this week or something. You don't, you don't check out. You don't punch your card, your Christian card, and then go and vacate your life, if you will. And act differently and do things you wouldn't normally do. Because You died. Remember, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You take him with you everywhere. God is saying we need to be faith active in every single area of our lives. It's what separates people who are religious from people who have relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a huge difference here. Religious, in a religion, you go to, you go to your place of worship or whatever, you go through the motions and all the traditions and you do the same thing and you, and you feel, you, you, and you check that box, right? You check that box. And now you go on to your, the rest of your life and do your other things that you wouldn't do while you it were in church. God says be faith active at home, be faith active at work, be faith active on the field. Be faith active on the court. Be faith active everywhere in your life. In school. I, I'm sorry. I, I brought this up last week too, and I know I'm bothering you, the students. They don't want to, you know, they're like, oh man, you keep bringing up school. I got another week. Um, you need to be faith active at school. You, you, if you're a high school, junior high, whatever, you're a kid here, you need to be faith active at school. What does that mean? I'll give you a quick example. It means, The number one fear, this is my opinion, I think I'm right. The number one fear of going back to school is not your classes. You're not afraid of the work. You can handle that. It's the lunchroom. Who am I going to sit with at lunch? That's what you're concerned about. Now, you may find your group, but there's going to be one person who has a legitimate fear because they are going to be sitting alone at lunch unless you're faith active at school. Because if you're faith active at school... The Holy Spirit is going to prompt you, and it may be difficult because that person may be, well, I don't want to be known to hang around with them. Invite them to the table, invite them in. Okay, that's what Christ would have you do. It's being faith active at school. You know, if you feel the leading of the Lord in your heart to, to to exempt to be. To be in medicine or to be a, uh, a teacher in the public school or to be um, an engineer or to be a stay-at-home mom and you believe that God has given you the gifts in those areas and you have a passion for that, then you should pursue that with all of your heart. If if you feel that's where you're gifted and where God has called you, then you should go after that. But you should do it with this passion for Christ. Go into it with that kind of passion and that kind of heart, knowing that He is prompting you. That He may may have called you into that area of ministry. Be in the public school. So our goal in this series is to help you understand... And I'm going to get more into this, the Sunday to Monday, which I'm just describing to you, the Sunday to Monday concept, and better equip you for ministry in every area of your life. I'm going to just kind of mention this again. Just because I'm the pastor, and this is my full-time, this is what I do full-time, and you think most of the world thinks, well, yeah, you're the pastor, you're the spiritual one, so that you know puts you here and me down here, and I go off to my no, you God expects you to bring Him with you everywhere you go. Just just because a person's a pastor, and most of you who are adults now know this, um, doesn't mean it's the most godly person in the church. In many cases, right? It's really disappointing, really disappointing. Spiritually abusive in some ways. OK, so just because the person is the pastor, all right, doesn't mean that they're faith active at their job. You could be more faith active going to Procter and Gable because you bring Christ with you. And honestly, in some cases, the pastor is not bringing God to work with him. See, we also, we also want to show you how those gifts that you have, okay, so we have you, I'm telling you, be faith active at work or be faith active, but then, how then do you bring those gifts, talents, and abilities to bear on the church to build the kingdom of God? That's where it comes, it kind of starts coming full circle and I'll get more into that. Many in marketplace, many in the marketplace ministry area talk about faith, work, and economics. If you read any Marketplace Ministry books, they're going to talk about faith, work, and economics. Most of the time, Of the conferences I've been to, the, the, the groups I've been a part of, all the things I've connected with, they have the faith work part down. Okay? They've got it down. A lot of these are people who are in vocational ministry and they're thinking through how to do this. They have the faith work part theologically down. But when the conversation turns to economics, okay, all of a sudden, things begin to fall apart because they don't have you, honestly. They don't have a lot of you engaged in what they're doing. So when it comes to how economics can be involved in building the kingdom of God, that's where things start to break down. I was talking, I went to a, a conference and I was talking to one of the leaders of the conference and at the conference, I asked him, we had, we went to a business and we had a very successful business person speak the night before. So the next day I went to him and I said, hey, I would love if you could, an introduction to that businessman. And he, he, he looked, he looked a little, he looked a little confused. I said, well, you know, I explained to him that we started a company um, called, it's a technology company called Spectre Technologies. And I think that what he was talking about, there's some, there's some things like mutual interests that we could work on together. And again, he looked confused. And when I tried to explain the concept of business tree to him... Any questions after this is over, you can you you email me, you can text me, you can call me, we can sit down for lunch and talk about it. But I, won't, I can't get into every little definition of everything, but we do what we call business tree here at Grace Chapel. And when I try to explain this concept of business tree to a marketplace ministry leader, he looked even more confused. And he said to me, I'll never forget this. He said, so you're a pastor... And you started a business. And I said, well, honestly, we're just doing ministry. And he said, oh, oh, oh," you know, he said, well, watch your language. He said to me, watch your language. He said, because people in business are doing ministry as well. And I was like, really? And uh, (laughs) I said, no, you misunderstand me. It's all the same to us. There's no, you know, it's just it's all the same. What I realized afterward is that he was speaking Sunday to Monday language only, and I was speaking Monday to Sunday language, and that's where the confusion came in. At Grace Chapel, we practice what we call this full circle approach. Well, we don't call it cause I just called it that this morning so now you know okay <laughs> you were the first ones to hear it okay it's uh, cuz i'm t- i'm trying to think how do we how do we explain this to people you know cuz i'm a verbal processor and, and for those who know me for like years and years and years I verbalize things, and that's how I get them across. And I've learned that you have to write them down. You have to put it, you know, you have to write a book or you have to write some material so that people can understand it. And the good thing is, because of all of you, I'm surrounded by people who have those gifts and those abilities. So between the two of us, we've been able to put a lot of things down. So if you're in that category, you're going to have to help me with this one. So... It's this full circle concept. It's a holistic approach to you, if you will, to faith, work, and economics. Kind of a, 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 that kind of approach. If you can put it, can you put that up there? It's a full circle concept. So what you have is you have Sunday to Monday, right? You're taking your Sunday faith and bringing it to work on Monday morning. All right. So your faith active at work, Sunday to Monday, faith active at work. That's where most of marketplace ministry is today, which is really good. But then you have this whole idea of Monday to Sunday. And that's where when I was speaking to people, we would get, the things would get lost in translation. Because they didn't, they had the Sunday to Monday down, but not the Monday to Sunday. And the reason I'm saying that is because I said earlier, we don't, we're not just thinkers here, we're doers, we're practitioners. So we started putting into practice the economic side. Faith, work, and economics. We were thinking, okay, orphan and widows are starving, they don't have jobs, they're, they're dying of drinking disgusting water. Water all over the world. We needed an economic solution to that problem. Okay? An economic solution. So we started our business trees. So what we did was we took people who are faith active at work or people who have those gifts, talents, and abilities in the marketplace and we apply them Monday to Sunday, okay, to the church. You bring your gifts to bear on the church. Marketing, sales, um, you know, it does whatever your gifts are, engineering, we bring them to bear on the church. If you go down to, um, to the Cincinnati Zoo, they have an aquaponic system at the Cincinnati Zoo. Guess who built the aquaponic system at the Cincinnati Zoo? Grace Chapel, Self-Sustaining Enterprises. Because we have people who are engineers. We learned how to do that. We were using it to see if we can do something in developing countries. And it was, you know, and they said, hey, can you come down and do it here? Faith, work, and economics. So, Sunday to Monday, faith active at work. Monday to Sunday is taking the gifts, talents, abilities that were within the body of Christ that you use every single day. And bringing to bear on the church. Okay? Does this sound like, like crazy, unbiblical stuff to you? It shouldn't. Right, because you died and you're not hidden with Christ. Your life belongs to Jesus Christ. Every every, your every breath, okay, should be about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So this is just a holistic approach, okay, to how you deal with the faith work. And the economics, and we just, honestly, the reason we came about and did this is not because we want to, they're doing, they're doing Sunday to Monday. We're going to come up with something like Monday to Sunday and be on the cutting edge. It's because kids were dying and we had to solve a problem. And the way to solve the problem is we have a farm in Nigeria, right? We have a farm in Nigeria that creates jobs for, for orphans and for widows who take care of their own children. People have jobs. Lives are changed. People are coming to know Jesus in droves there because they their lives have been transformed. And you've earned the right to be heard, if you will. That's why we did it, not because we wanted to be on the cutting edge and really cool, but because love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself and go on all the world and preach the gospel. Honestly, I'll be honest with you. If you're in some of these countries and an apple tree is dropping apples out of the tree, you'll worship the tree because it, it's providing for you. We're taking the opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ in practical ways. And so with this guy, I realized when I, as a pastor, asked him to introduce me to this, to this businessman, his mind was not able to blur the lines and he fell back into, without even realizing it, he kind of reverted back to the secular sacred mindset. Oh, you're a pastor who started, you're a pastor who started a business. Erase the line, and you pretty much, yeah, you've got that. But he, was, he, he wasn't blurring those lines. Here at Grace Chapel, and I say this, I, I haven't said this in a while, so if it's not sinful, it's. Okay, so half of you can say that. The reason I want to do this series right now before we go into September, October, whatever else, is I want all of us marching to the beat of the same drummer, okay, the same drum. And I'll explain when when I say if it's not sinful, it's sacred. I'll explain the theology or the philosophy, too, behind that in just a second. So I wasn't thinking, when I was talking to him, guys, I wasn't thinking that I had to take my pastor's hat off and put my business hat on. To me, they're the same hat. I have, I'm nowhere near as skilled as a lot of you in business. But I've learned from you. From the very beginning of this church, starting it, I've listened to you. I've learned from you. OK, so now I can get in conversations with people and they can't tell it. They don't even know. They they're kind of they're they don't know what to do with me. Sometimes I, I'll give you a story. I was remember I was working. Uh, I was uh, giving a tour. There are people who come from all over the world who come to our campus to get a tour of what we're doing and how to do it. Years ago, it was like critical, critical, critical. What are these people doing? They're money changers, which is theologically has nothing to do. what We're talking about, but they didn't know. So now they fly here from all over the world to learn about what we're doing and so they can apply it in their situation, whether it's in Europe or Australia or Canada or England or whatever, or right down the street, churches right down the street. So I was doing this, I was doing this uh, tour that we do, and it was a mixture of business people, marketplace people, and also vocational people, vocational ministry people, okay, like pastors and people on staff. And as I was going through and explaining to them what we're doing, you know, all the buildings across the street and over here and the different things that we were incubating and accelerating here on the campus. One of the businesswomen stopped me at like almost mid-sentence. She said, now, hold on now. You're the pastor, right? And it was funny to me because she stopped mid-sentence because I was speaking her language. And she was shocked that the pastor could speak that kind of language. I was in my office and someone was going through some economic problems in their business. And they were sitting down. They said, you know, they they came in my office. And usually people come to the pastor's office to talk about family problems. What I love about our church is that people will come to me and talk about business problems, economic problems. And I remember one person going through and talking about the bank and how they were doing interest rates and blah, blah, blah. And this was tied to that. And they, stid, they stopped me and said, you know, it's so nice that I don't have to explain this to you. So it gives us such a broad way to reach out and impact people's lives, a way to connect with each other and connect with, you know, just connect the body of Christ. Here's the thing. All of life, all of life, it is, if it is done to the glory of God, is, is worship. All that we do, if it is done to the glory of God, is an act of worship. It's worship. If you have not been through 501, in September, October, we're going to go through 101, 201, 301, 401, 501. And that's the classes here at Grace Chapel to kind of integrate you into what we're all about. 501 is this whole idea of worship. You have to go to 501 if you've not gone through it because it will really help you in this area. Now... When I was, when I asked to be introduced to that businessman, to me, to me, guys, that was a ministry opportunity, okay? That was worship. What I was trying to do here, think this through, I wasn't going, oh, man, I can make so much money and get a bigger, whatever. That's not what I was thinking. I was thinking, okay, I can, I can, he was laying out some of the things they do with their business. And I thought, maybe we could work together on some projects, because then we could, we The church can use the money, okay, to invest in orphans and widows who are really suffering that I can get more resources to invest in orphans and widows who are suffering. So to me, the whole conversation was about ministry, was about ministry opportunities. All right. Let me break it down even further. You came in this morning. okay? before you came in, the bathrooms were clean. Right. Hopefully they were. I walked in them. The bathrooms were clean, all the bushes along 42, all right, were trimmed. All the if you look around the landscaping, we have people out there, we have a couple of guys who are really putting energy in to the landscape, making things look really pretty around here. So we had that go on. The cam team, right? They they were they were playing and they were singing. They were doing that. Um, the the coffee was being made, the the food was being served. And the teachers were, were just waiting to teach your little angels when you dropped them off, right? After the service is over, there'll be people up here who want to pray with you. And they'll be praying, hopefully praying with people, things that you're going through. At the same time, other people will be taking the garbage and throwing it into the dumpster. Someone tell me which of those things is not worship. I preached. I, th- I would consider my preaching an act of worship. Everybody up here, before I got up, would consider what they were doing, playing guitar, keyboard, doesn't matter, singing, an act of worship. So tell me, is the person who takes all the garbage, serves the Lord by picking up garbage and throwing it down, is that not an act of worship? Which of those things that we do is is not an act of worship? Like I said, Sunday to Monday means being faith active at work. Monday to Sunday includes being faith active at work, but then, it, then it's basically saying, how do we bring to bear all the gifts, talents, and abilities of the body, of all of you, okay, how do we bring those to bear on the church to, in order to, not to build our kingdom, Okay, not to build our kingdom grace chapel, but to build the kingdom of God. How do we bring all the body of Christ together to build the kingdom of God? That's what Monday to Sunday is all about. I got a question for you. Who gave you, think about this, you're extremely gifted people in what you do. Who gave you those gifts, talents, and abilities? You would say, God gave them to me. Then the question would be, why did God give them to you? Why did God make you such a great business person? A man or a woman? Why did God give you the talent to teach? Why did, why did He give you those things so that you can glorify yourself? Honestly, you gotta answer the question in your mind. Did He give you those things to glorify yourself? Did He give you those business, that business prowess to accumulate all the resources and money for yourself? Is that what happened? And you trick a little bit back to, you know, you've got a ton, but you trick a little bit back here and there to other things. It's yours, right? The money's yours because God gave you that ability for yourself to build up your own little world to make sure that you're whatever and you're glorified. And No one is going to say that. God gave you those gifts, talents, and abilities to be brought to bear to build the kingdom of God. He gave you those abilities. Honestly, to serve Him, to serve Him in whatever area that is. You don't have to be on staff of the church or be a missionary. You gave me those gifts, talents, abilities to serve Him and to worship Him. We're going on a missions trip to Nigeria, alright, in October. And like I said, I think I said earlier, we are not going there to build a church. We're not going there to feed the hungry. We're going there to build businesses there while we're there to set up a new business that will enable the hungry to feed themselves and their children and their neighbors and have the resources to build their own church. That to me, it's like, you know, oh, give a, you know, give a person a fish to eat for a day. Teach a person a the fish they eat for a lifetime. Hey, how about giving them the pond the fish are in? How about letting them manage the pond that the fish are in? Giving them that ability. Let them give, give them the resources to feed themselves. Give them the ability to build their own church. The fact, this, this fact, this idea of, of secular versus sacred, that's, and that's the world in which we live, and the church too. This idea of secular versus sacred is not, hear me, is not a biblical worldview. It is not a biblical worldview. Plato came up with that philosophy and the church then adopted it, which makes me, the pastor, my job sacred and your job, you petty people, all you secular job people. See me up here? That's why I'm up on the stage and you're way down there. You know what I'm saying? Because my job is sacred and your job is just secular. Okay? In the Bible... That's ridiculous, okay? The Bible, things are either sinful or they're sacred. Not secular, okay? God's not confused. He's not living in gray going, I'm not really sure if this is actually serving me or not. Things are either biblically Theologically, in the Bible, the worldview is things are either sacred or they are sinful. Okay? That's the way it's laid out. Sacred or sinful. God created everything. Satan created nothing. Satan only corrupts what God created. Does that make sense? Again, Psalm 24 and verse 1 is pretty clear. The earth is the Lord's... The Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. In Genesis, it says that in the beginning, God created. Satan created nothing. He only robs and distorts what God actually created. All of life, my friends, is spiritual. Listen to me. All Every breath you take, every decision you make, every thought you have is spiritual if you look at life from an eternal perspective. If we look at life from an eternal perspective, all of life becomes an act of worship. Let me ask you a question. For the first 30 years of Jesus' life, he was a carpenter or more more likely a stonemason, okay? Doesn't really matter, all right? So did Jesus basically have a secular job and basically waste his time spiritually for 30 years? Jesus Christ, the son of God, God, okay, came down and for 30 years he had a particular job. It was, let's just be honest, it was a big stinking waste of his time. He was only buying time until, was it, was it secular what he did? Everything Jesus Christ did was spiritual. Everything. Everything he did was to bring glory to the Father. For all of his life, not just part of his life. Everything he did. Biblically, anything we do has value in the eyes of God, if it's done to bring him glory. If we work, if we are working, honestly... If you're working and your desire to work is to honor God, that is sacred. That's sacred. You go to work. You go to work tomorrow to worship God. You're going to work tomorrow. Understand what I'm saying. You go to work tomorrow to honor God, to bring glory to God, to bring glory to Christ. I'm not saying you have to bring your Bible and have a Bible study. I'm saying you're going in. When you go in and you're building relationships, you're treating people with respect and you're investing in people. You are worshiping God. I'm getting in my car tomorrow. You're getting your car tomorrow. I'm coming here. You're going there. We are both doing things that are sacred because we are honoring God. We're glorifying God through our entire lives. The medical field is noble. everybody say, Oh, it's noble. But so is manufacturing a car. Ask a mother whose child was saved by an airbag or a seatbelt. The person goes on an assembly line, he's putting those seatbelts together. He's thinking, Man, I can't I can't just Jimmy rig this thing. What if I could get in an accident? And someone dies. I, was, I, won't, I won't go into a long story, but there was a, a person I met at one of these conferences, and he was on a plane. You know how they said, you know, an airbag falls down, put it over your mouth, you know, oxygen, whatever else. Well, it happened to him, and he found out who manufactured those airbags. They worked. Those ox- they worked for him, okay? The, the, the cabin was, you know, the pressure was gone. They had to put it on, and he was, he was panicked. But the thing worked, and it calmed him down. He went and found out who the manufacturers were, went there, and thanked the employees for the work that they had done, for the significant work that they had done, and how it impacted his life. You know what that did to the employees of that place? They realized what I do matters. My work matters. My work matters to God. My work matters to other people. Our work matters if we do it to the glory of God. You know what? Um, teaching junior high can be as godly as being a missionary. And I'm telling you something, it's probably harder. Okay? <laughs> teaching in public schools in the junior high or a private school doesn't matter. Teaching junior highers is is a is a sacred thing. It is sacred. OK. Driving a truck is as godly as driving the van to pick up food for the food pantry. If you're doing it to the glory of God, because you're doing it to the glory of God. Now, you may be thinking, I'll be honest with you, Pastor. I don't I, I just don't feel like my job is as significant as being as a missionary. Well, let me give you just a few more thoughts as we as we process through this. The, the problem that we have. OK. The problem we have is that we have stinking thinking, All right, For years, you've been going to church, and this whole secular, sacred thing has just permeated your whole being. You need to change your thinking. You need to change your way of thinking. You need to see God. I worked at Exxon when I was in college, okay? I managed two Exxon stations when I was in college. God, I, I appreciated Exxon, but the CEO, CEO of Exxon wasn't my ultimate boss, all right. The supervisor wasn't my ultimate boss. The manager, I actually became the manager. So my supervisor, I saw that he was my boss and the, the, the CEO of the company was my boss. But there was a boss a little higher than him. And it was God. And every time they if they told me clean the, the, the oil off the islands, it's a nasty job. I did it. Pick up all the cigarette butts on the out in the parking lot. I did it. Uh, Go in the toilet, keep those toilets, that bathroom clean. I did it. You know why? Not because I just loved Exxon and I wanted to move up in the company. It was a good company. I loved God. And I was going to express my faith in Jesus Christ to my supervisor and to anyone else. I never, ever did not get a superior when it came to the, when they did the inspections. And not because, oh, I feel so good about myself. It was because I represented Jesus Christ. I, I didn't even know they didn't. The terms weren't, weren't you know, market, minister in the marketplace, but I was a minister in the marketplace. I represented Jesus Christ. We glorify God through our work. God, you need to see God as your CEO whatever you're doing. Doesn't matter if you're working at McDonald's. God is ultimately your CEO, so you got to make the best burgers you can possibly make. Get there a little early. Leave a little late. Put in the put in the effort and the energy. Treat people around you with kindness. In Colossians 3.23, it reminds us, whatever you do, whatever, that's what I'm saying, I love every and all, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. If you're faith active, if you want to be faith active at work, or if you are, then you're asking yourself a few questions. Okay, how do I treat my customers? How do I treat my vendors? How do I treat my employees? How do I treat them? Do I do I do I show respect to them? Do I do I see them when I look at the vendors who come in or the or the employees or the customers? Do I see them? Do I see them through Jesus eyes? Do I treat them? We we wouldn't have all these political battles about about, you know, how much minimum wage should be and workers, this or whatever else. If we acted this way, if the world functioned this way, we treated people with dignity. We treated people with fairness. We treated people with kindness. If we treated people that way, if you're faith active at work, that's the way you treat people. So, you gotta ask yourself, how do I, how am I relating to, how do I relate to my coworkers? Do I encourage the effort of the people around me? If you're a manager or you're a person in that position, are you encouraging the effort of the people around you? Even if you're not the boss, do you encourage the effort of your boss? Do you ever go to your boss and say, man, you, you're doing just a uh, real quick story. I, I don't want to go too long here. Um, I had to talk with a, a person from the EPA, right? I don't know why I had to keep talking to people from the EPA and the IRS my whole life. It's really annoying. And it's nothing bad. It's just I always get into conversations with people, and one of them has to do with the, the property and when, when it was a manufacturing plant and all that kind of stuff. So I'm on the phone with a guy from the EPA. And instead of being, what's wrong with you people breathing down our necks, why don't you get lost? I thought, that's really going to work well. What I said was, I listened to what he had to say, filled out the little paperwork, and then I said to the guy on the phone, let me tell you something, I really appreciate what you do. I really appreciate the effort that you put in and make sure that, from a you know, from you know, a standpoint of our world and taking care of the earth and you know, ecology, all. I said, I I just want to tell you, I know you probably don't hear it a lot, but you're doing a great job, and I really appreciate you helping me to bring about what we need to bring about. And he said, he was an older guy. He said, you're the first person in my whole career who's ever thanked me for what I do. Now he's coming here next year, okay? But now we're buddies. Alright <laughs> Your pastor, no no mama didn't raise no dummy. All right. Um, I'm gonna call him in March and I'm gonna say, hey, you know, whatever I know his name, but I you know, hey, um, hey, let's grab if you're allowed to, let's grab lunch. I wanna be here when you walk around because I want to show you everything and blah blah blah. And the first person who ever told this guy what he that his work matters. Ever tell your boss? how amazing they are, what a great job they're doing, how difficult it is to actually lead. And you know that and you're going to try to make their job easier. We need to, we need to live that way. You ever pray for people at work, not uncomfortably, but their wife has cancer. Hey, I'm going to pray for your wife. I'm going to, I just want to let you know, I'm going to pray for it or ask them about their lives and then actually take the time to listen to what they have to share. You're listening. You care. You show genuine interest in what they're saying and you care about them. It, it, it's It's life changing. We need to, guys, we need to renew our mind. It's important as we move forward to continue in this series to lay out a biblical foundation for the rest of our discussion in this series. If, if all this marketplace ministry talk is just, um, it's just an idea that some people like we helped come up with or whatever, um, to be, um, to be like relevant, all right, or I can can put on my thing that I'm a thought leader, okay, it's completely a waste of time. It's meaningless, okay? We do what we do to build, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, strength, mind, okay, and love our neighbor as ourselves. We do it for the glory of God. We need to realize that work is worship, and when we do it, we glorify God. Did you know The Hebrew, in the Hebrew, the word, listen to this, it is really interesting. The word for worship and work are often the same word. In the Hebrew, the word avad means to serve. It also means to work. It also means to worship. It means to worship. When you go to work, you are worshiping God. You worship him. Work. Work was a part of God's plan, theologically, from the beginning. From the very beginning, it was God's plan for his people that we would work. It was a way for, it was a way for Adam and Eve to express their worship to God. Work came before the fall, not after. Do you ever think about that? Work came before the fall, not after. Do you really think Adam and Eve got up in the morning and were like, "I got to put my work hat on. i ignore God for a little while while I go tend the garden, and then, and then I'll, you know, and then I'll, I'll put my whatever hat on." Whether they were tending the garden, when they were tending the garden, they were worshiping God. They were serving God. Just like when they were naming the animals, they were worshiping God. Just like when they were walking quietly through the garden with God, they were worshiping God. Just when they, like when they played in the garden, and they ate in the garden, and they rested in the garden. All of it was, a, it was worship. There was no separation there. They didn't change hats. Work came before the fall. Work, avad, work and worship, are the most, most of the time it's the same word because when we work we worship God we worship him as we go forward i just wanted to lay and lay this out that we have a biblical a theological foundation for this innovative if you will vision that we have to build ministry in the marketplace. And honestly, guys, just so you understand, we're not doing this just because at this point, because it'll build the kingdom of God just here, okay, with what God has called us to do. We're trying to build a church model, and I won't get into all the details right now, but that other churches desperately need in other parts of the world. They can't survive. Heck, with the, you can't survive in the northeast just about anymore, in Alaska, places like that. It's harder for churches to survive. This model, if we're able to accomplish what God is calling us to accomplish, we're able to accomplish it, this will be a model that can be used to impact the kingdom of God around the world. And that has been, in a sense, I mean this sincerely, forced on us. We were doing it for our own purposes to build the kingdom of God, but now it's pretty much been forced on us. And we're, so we're going to go a little deeper, theologically. We're going to go a little deeper in the practical application of that. We're going to go a little deeper. We're going to do that. Next week, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this awesome day. And thanks, Lord, that we, we can come together in the body of Christ and learn what it means to truly worship you. You are everything. We exist, our very breath, we exist to worship you. Pray, dear God, that we would not be swept up by culture that we would be swept up by your love and your truth and we would hold on to it and that we would live out, we would live out the the dream, the vision, the purpose for this church, which is to glorify you in everything that we say and everything that we do and every thought that we have. And God, before I finish this prayer, I want to recognize and thank you, thank you for everything Everything we're doing, because everything we're doing, every gift, talent, and ability that we have comes from you. Thank you for using me. Thank you for using us to build your kingdom. You're awesome. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great, great week. Love you.